time for the SBL shoot around, and we got the women's competition covered with Giants all time great and two time coach of the year, Randy McGill, joining Chris Fight for all the latest news, analysis, and interviews. Let's go on another SBL shoot around. Hello and welcome to episode 17 now of Women's SBL Shootaround and this is the week that we've been waiting for. We were waiting for some sort of a competition to pop up in place of the SBL. We got it in the West Coast Classic and now all of a sudden we're down to the final four teams. It was an exciting race to determine those last four teams and we've got inside 24 hours where we'll have the semi-finals played, we'll have a grand final played and we'll find out our champions in the West Coast Classic. So we'll, we'll run through all of that on this week's show here on SBL Shootaround. We'll, we'll announce our latest Wandering Distillery Player of the Week winner and also give an update on how the final standings have finished in our Bassett Scarf Realty Player of the Year Award. And we might just have a tie, and that might just happen to mean that we'll put it out to our listeners to decide who wins that award. So... Plenty to look forward to on this week's show, and we've got a very special guest, a triple SBL MVP winner, championship winner, WNBL player, Ali Schwagmeyer belger will be joining us on this week's show as well. So that sounds like a pretty jam-packed show to me. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host, but the man that you've all tuned in to hear from, Randy Meagle. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Chris, and uh, what a weekend of basketball. It's all done and dusted, and we're, we're down to four, and there was a, a little bit of movement in that top four and I sort of said that I, I thought it would stay the same but yep. uh, yeah a couple of teams have gone up and down. Yeah as it turned out let's have a look at it now Randy after Saturday night the same four teams have stayed in the top four now as we talked about everything was riding on what Perry Lakes did against the Coburn Cougars and, and the Cougars gave them a real scare was, we had the Lakeside Lightning and Calamander Eastern Suns as it turned out probably eagerly watching the, the live mm. stats as the night went on to see if they were playing anything for anything in, in their games. But the Hawks just managed to get their job done and they secured a final spot. And at the same time, thanks to the Flames copying a big loss against the Senators, they actually ended up moving up to third spot too. Yeah, and I know. It makes uh, for a, a really interesting game, the Senators versus the Hawks. Mm. I think it's going to be a, a close game, that one. They match up really well against each other. So I'm looking forward to seeing that result. We've liked a lot of what the Flames have done during this West Coast Classic too, and, and it's really been their dynamic duo, Taya Burrows and Christina Bogue, who have been the centrepieces of everything they've done. How much does it hurt them now that Christina Bogue wasn't there against the Senators on Saturday night and she won't be there now for the finals this weekend? Yeah, well, she's really, a, you know, the, the major inside presence, yeah. you know. Um, she reads the ball really well in defence and, you know, she sets picks and, um, you know, she's their main enforcer and rebounder and mm. not to have that now leaves them a little bit skinny in the... In the middle. It does. We'll get to our tips and a full preview later on on SPL Shootaround thanks to our new sponsor, Her Hoops AU, Randy. But just quickly, the two matchups now in the semifinals on Friday night. We've got the Joondalup Wolves and the Rockingham Flames at HBF Arena and the Warwick Senators against the Prairie Lakes Hawks at Warwick Stadium. Two pretty good matchups. It's I know the Flames are probably now the, the outsiders without Christina Bogue, but you know they have they have beat, beaten the Wolves this year. They're the only team to hand them a loss, and and as you said earlier, that Senators Hawks game looks really tough to tip. 
Yeah, I think Keegan will come up with a game plan against yeah. the Wolves. You know, he, he has do, to do come you call up. Darcy, with... Do you have to play a certain amount of games to play in the finals? I'm not too sure. Maybe uh, maybe Darcy's his secret weapon. Yeah, good question. Good question. I know. I noticed in the game against uh, the Senators, they must have decided that they're really just going to you know run and gun and get the the, the ball up. Mm-hmm. They had something like 87 shots mm. for the game. You know, so if they have a, a high percentage shooting night, anything could happen. Yeah, absolutely. So. Those are our semi-final matchups. Now, the unlucky teams, we saw the Lakeside Lightning and the Perth Redbacks pretty much playing off to see which team could potentially knock out one of those, knock out the Hawks. If the Hawks lost, then whoever won that Lightning and the Redbacks game could have potentially made it. And I was at this game and couldn't believe what was happening. The Redbacks have been pretty good this this season. Obviously, a very young backcourt, but they've got Maddie Allen and Jess Jenkins up front, but the Lightning just blew them off the court. It was, it was, it was almost... No disrespect, but it was almost watching the Slammers play in, in some ways the way the Redbacks were, were playing. I know Craig Allen certainly wasn't a happy man as the night unfolded. The Lightning certainly gave themselves a chance, and as it turned out, if the Hawks had lost their game to the Cougars, Lakeside did enough to get their percentage above Perry Lake, so they actually would have finished in the top four. So they did all they could, but I, I guess those two losses the week before to the Wolves and the Senders were what ultimately cost them. Yeah, that's what I'd made note of is just that doubleheader weekend, which really hurt them. They just needed to split that weekend. And, um, yeah, Craig Allen would have been disappointed with mm. finishing, you know, that game like that, yeah. you know. Um, you want to carry momentum into your next season or mm. into your pre-season, and they, they didn't do that. Well, how tough is that when I think he would have been really happy with what he'd got from his group for the most part out of the first 10 games. How tough is it to then go into an off-season knowing that your worst performance was your last one? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I think it's a positive what they've done. They were in the mix for the finals sure. all year. Um, and, yeah, you just got to put it aside and move on and, I don't know, maybe even get them to sit down and watch it and mm-hmm. uh, go from there. Yeah. Then the Calamaries and Suns, the, the unlucky ones as well, they they gave themselves a chance. They had a big win down in Mandurah as well. They they needed to boost their percentage and, and like the other two, they needed the Hawks to lose. But you you saw them and we'll, we can run through the game in a bit more detail later, but... They at least gave themselves a chance with a with a win thanks to to Jesse Edwards. Yeah, once again, you know, I think uh, Coach Knowles or Tom Knowles would have been really good, um, you know, really happy, mm. uh, I should say, with with the season they were in the mix all all year as well. Well, I think we can talk about this now. This has almost been the worst kept secret around the West Coast Classic. Unfortunately, Tom Knowles won't be coaching at the Eastern Suns beyond this West Coast Classic, and. I'm very surprised at that decision and that the club has come to that decision. He's been, I think he's done a great job. He's got them to finals the last couple of years in the SBL. They got, he got them to a semi-final only two years ago where they, they ended up losing to the Lakeside Lightning when they were, they were they just were terribly, terribly under strength by the time they got to the semi-finals, which was unfortunate. But, yeah, again, he got them to the finals last year um, and he had them right in the mix for this West Coast Classic. To me, he's done a, done a great job. And I'm a bit surprised by the news. And what was, what's your reaction to the news that he won't be there next year? Yeah, I thought he was building something pretty good up there. You know, there was a quite a bit of depth there on the Calamunda bench, and uh, Tom um, would have probably had a lot to do with bringing those girls through and yep. making the team and the squad stronger for sort of games and years to come. So yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Mm. Yeah, very surprised. From your dealings as an opposition coach against him, was he was he always tough to to? to Come up against? Yeah, he always changed uh, changed things up. He was respectful in in what he done, and yeah, his teams always always played really really hard, and yeah. and uh, they were an enjoyable team to watch too on their night. They played a good brand of basketball. Well, absolutely. While we're 
While we're now talking about some breaking news on SBL Street Around, let's keep it going, Randy. You've got some news about one of our one of our former Wandering Distillery Player of the Week award winners and somebody who's right in the hunt for our Bassett Scarf Realty Player of the Year award. Unfortunately, she won't be playing finals because her team just missed out. But very good, very good news this week for Ash Eisenberger from the Lakeside Lightning. We've been talking about her since since the very start of of our show here at SBL Shoot Around that we are amazed she hasn't got an, a WNBL contract, but as of this week, she's now signed at the Perth Lynx and she'll be part of the upcoming WNBL season. And I can't think of a more more deserving player. Yeah, great news. I'm really happy for Ash. I think it's uh, a, a great choice by the Lynx. It gives them a bit of flexibility at both ends of the court. Mm. Um, as I've mentioned before, I, I like her defence, and you know she can, you know, get get up the top of a, a press or something like that with the long arms, and, yep. and you know. Uh, change a few things up so um yeah great news yeah it's fantastic news so so good luck to to ash in in her upcoming WNBL season hopefully it's not going to affect those weddings that she had booked in to to photograph hopefully hopefully she can still play and and still still get those jobs from, from the <laughs> weddings as well so hopefully that all works itself out but yeah very, very exciting news and well well deserved news and we will speak about ash a bit later on once we get to our update on our Bassett Scarf Realty Player of the Year Award, obviously, Randy, because she's right at the top of the leaderboard still. Um, just very quickly, before we get to our candidates for for our Player of the Week Award, thanks to Watering Distillery for Round 9, really enjoyed our chat with Casey Milo last week. Um, she's, a, she's a legend. It's no, it's no surprise that we, we had such a good time talking to her and that she was so open and honest with us about a lot of things, including... You know what she what she's thought about the people that keep writing her off, and she was happy to tell us that she's committed to play on again, again next year. Um, it was it was great to hear you and her sort of reconnect as well, and mm. and share some some old war stories. Um, did you have a good time having a chat to Casey? Yeah, I did. I wanted to catch up with her on Saturday night, but uh, she left the game quite quite quick. She was there watching the girls and sitting on the bench and giving she them didn't support. Play. No, she didn't play. <laughs> um, yeah, and she's been at practices and she's doing a great. Let's just hope she gets back. I'm sure she will with yeah. uh, um, for next season. And uh, yeah, fantastic uh, interview. And we also announced our new a new partner and a new sponsor of our previous segment, Her Hoops AU. And as a special treat for our final show next week, um, Michaela Dyer will be joining us here in the studio for for that final show as well. And we can speak to her more about what she set up at Her Hoops AU as well. But fantastic to have. The support of, a, of another organisation here on SBR Shootaround, and to me, it must show that we're doing something right. If people are happy to partner up with us, yeah, looking forward to um, having a chat to Michaela and her um, programs that she's implementing for the young girls. I think it's it, it's fantastic. So, just um, another thing I wanted to bring up, um, Chris is uh, Carly Bogue. Mm-hmm. So the the quality of players that are you know been playing. In this uh, competition, she's gone over and she, and she's been caught in you know New South Wales. She can't get back to WA yep. and played in the Waratah League over there for this season, and mm-hmm. she's one of the most valuable players. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a great effort for her, and just goes to show that the WSBL, you know, is always bringing good players through. Absolutely, and also shows what Mandra was missing because she was going to be playing for the Mandra Magic, you know, pre-COVID this year, and mm. she could have done something similar there for the Magic, which, yeah, is, no, which it's, is unfortunate. It's great news. Well done, Carly, and well done for the the Twins for reconnecting over there as well. Now, as of, as of this week, they I don't think they'd seen each other for 
well, I think it was about six months. And for a for for a pair of sisters that are as close as as Chris and Carly are, I'm sure they're they're glad to be to mm. be reconnected. But I think it might have been twelve. Wow. Yeah, because wow. I know <coughs> Carly left for um, uh, Finland. Yep. So yeah, I'm going to say it's twelve months. Well, you know how close they are. Um, how tough would have that been for, for oh, the pair of them? Yeah, very difficult. Yeah, and it would have been tough for Chris to, to leave the Flames too, I Absolutely. think. So yeah. uh, I don't know the full story, but obviously she's been given a time frame to, mm. to leave. That's why she's and probably maybe gone. maybe a time frame that she had to report to her yeah. WNBL club too. Maybe they are you know, turning up the heat on their yeah. pre-season training too now. Um, so it's, it's unfortunate for the Flames, but as you said, Keegan Crawford still might be able to come up with something up his sleeve for, for this weekend. I'm sure he will. But now, wondering to still play the week award, Randy. Last one for the season. And some of the some of the leaders on our player of the year voting missed a real chance this weekend, I feel, Randy. And you'll when I run through these nominees, you'll you'll see that it doesn't include some of the the more familiar faces from throughout the season. So we'll start on Friday night. There's just the one game. Emma Gandini was clearly the best player on the court. I was there at Willerton and she was terrific for the Tigers with 18 points, 8 rebounds and 3 steals and, and her defence was terrific against the, the Cougars backcourt as well and she backed it up the next night against the Wolves with a solid 7 points and 10 rebounds. Um, Tia Morgan had two two more really good games for the Cougars. She had, across the two games for the weekend, 28 points and she continued her her standout season and, and she might be one of those players that's now putting her hand up for a development spot at the, at the Perth Lynx as, as well, Randy. Um, then we moved to Saturday night where all the action action was and the Perry Lakes Hawks just needed to win this game to knock out the rest of the, the chasing pack and Nat Burden was again really important in that victory. 14 points, 12 rebounds and two more blocks for her. Um, and down at Lakeside, big win for the Lightning as I said over the Redbacks. Courtney Mansfield w- was instrumental, 18 points, 5 assists and 3 rebounds. Ash Eisenbarger, a good game, 15 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks, 2 assists and 2 steals. Um, whether or not that's enough for her to now shoot to the top of the play of the year leaderboard, we'll wait and, wait and see, Randy, but mm. she put herself in the mix at least. Now, up at the Senators, they had a big win over the Flames, but Stacey Barr didn't quite do enough to stand out. Instead, it was her it was her teammates, Mackenzie Clinch-Hoycard, once again backing up her big game from last week where she... Where she picked up two votes in our in in our in our Player of the Year award, she had another twenty points, five rebounds, four assists, and three block shots. And her teammate Taylor Hepburn, she's been really consistent all season: eighteen points, seven rebounds, five assists, four blocks, and two steals. Now Kayla Steindl, our Player of the Week winner from a week ago, another big game for the Wolves in in their victory against the Tigers. She had 24 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists and, and again, shot the ball really efficiently and, and again, didn't play too many minutes, Randy. I think she might have... It was only about 25. 25, yeah. 25 minutes. Mm. And, and last up, Kalamunda, big win over Mandarin and Jesse Edwards was massive. 23 points, 20 rebounds and 2 blocks. Um, before we start narrowing it down, Randy, is there anyone that I missed out? No, I think you got it pretty covered. Like you said, there were a few of those girls really could have grabbed this award this weekend mm-hmm. and uh, didn't quite uh, to take advantage of it. I did look at the halftime saw of the Lakeside uh, Redbacks game mm-hmm. and I'd seen Ash Eisenberger was 
looking pretty good, yep. you know, and then, um, you know, with that uh, gap that they had, she might have taken the foot off the accelerator a little bit because they were home. But, uh, um, yeah, well, there's uh, probably four girls that stand out on this list for me that are going to get votes. So we've got to uh, narrow it down to three and yep. uh, eliminate one of them. Well, let's see if I've got your four right. I would think Jesse Edwards is obvious. Yes. Kayla Steindl is obvious. Yes. Mackenzie Clinch-Hoycard yep. is pretty obvious. And maybe Nat Bird, is that the other one? Or Emma Gandini? Yeah, I did go for Emma Gandini. Emma Gandini. Yeah. Okay, yep. so what that means is on our leaderboard, we've got Stacey Barr and Nash Eisenberger tied. That means neither of them will get another vote this week. Taya Burrows is one vote behind them, and she won't get another vote. Nat Burden, Nat Burden, Maddie Allen, Jess Jenkins are, are two votes behind, and neither, none of them will get a vote. But Kayla Steinle is three votes behind, and if she gets three votes now this week, Randy, she joins our, our leaders. So that just goes to show that there's plenty riding on our, our decision-making here, so the pressure's on us. We're going to have to narrow it down to three to start with. So You go a little bit further down there too and Clinch Hoycard's on two and Edwards is on two, so they can't catch They can't catch the top two either. They can't quite, but they can go into second place. So, yeah. so they both had terrific seasons as well. Um, this would be a, a first vote for Emma Gandini if she gets on the, on the vote card as well. Um, why don't you rule somebody, one of those four out to start with, Randy? Uh, rule them out. That's difficult to say. Um, okay, I'm going to rule out Clint Choicard okay. uh, just with the size of the win. I mean, she's done a fantastic job there. Her and Hepburn have obviously got the victory. I'm just going to put Gandini in front of her narrowly. Yep. Um, she's been really good for the for the Tigers all season. Yeah, and I think good recognition for Emma Gandini for how far she's come. She's now an experienced. SBL player, she's a championship winner, but I think just about every season she's improved her game. So I think that's that's a, a real credit to her. Yeah, excellent defensive player. Yeah. I dare say she would have got the job on Tia Morgan, which you know kept her quiet, or D'Souza, one of those two. You know, um, yeah, the, her and Taryn Priestley were just hounding the Cougars guards all night, so they, they did a did a terrific job. Yep. Um, so Emma Gandini, one vote. Yep, that's I'm happy with that. And then um, we, I, th- I think, twenty three points and twenty rebounds. No matter your opposition, is deserving of a three-vote effort from Jesse Edwards too. What yep. do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Three votes for Jesse Edwards and Kayla Steindl's um, got the two votes, and she's in awesome form leading into this weekend. Her efficiency is off the charts. But she just falls agonisingly short of our leaders, unfortunately mm. for her. But that's the way it is, and. As it turns out, Jesse Edwards now falls one vote short of our leaders too. So yep. it's been a really tight race, but. For Wandering Distillery, Randy, just confirm who our Player of the Week is. So the Wandering Distillery Player of the Week in the last round of the season is Jesse Edwards from the Kalamunda Eastern Suns. Absolutely. Massive performance against the Magic, and she's now gearing up for her WNBL season at the Perth Lynx as well, and we couldn't have done this award all the season, Randy, without the support of Wandering Distillery, and even though this weekend might not have been the ideal time to head down there for for, for a day out given the weather... We're going to be getting some sunny days ahead and there's no better place to go and spend a weekend. Yeah, it's just down at Ladner Street in O'Connor and uh, you just need to contact Wade on 0439 131 236. Absolutely. So thanks to Wander Distillery. Now, let's move on to the leaderboard in Bassett Scarf Realty Player of the Year. And 
We haven't been able to split these two players all season, so we're going to have to ask our listeners to do it, to do it, Randy. So between now and the grand final on Saturday, we're going to be putting it out to a vote on social media, and it's going to come down to Stacey Barr from the Warwick Senators, Ash Eisenbarger of the Lakeside Lightning. They've both finished on six votes in our in our Player of the Year voting, and and to, we've had a lot of great players in this competition. But to me, I'm pretty happy with those two being being at the top. Yeah, I think so. Um, Eisenberg has been consistent the whole season. She's been on our Player of the Week sheet, mm. you know, every week. And Stacey Barr, pretty much the same. But some of her games have just been yeah. unbelievable. Thirty-nine or forty-nine points and thirty-eight <laughs> points. Yeah. yeah, her two best games have been the two best games we've seen from anyone yeah. in this competition. So that's why she sees herself up there. She's the reigning MVP of the league as well. And and actually, Eisenberg, a big week for her as well. Obviously, signing of the Perth Lynx and now potentially being our player of the year as well. So we've got some work to do thanks to our listeners. So keep an eye on our social media account and our plan is to present the winner with their award now at the grand final on Saturday night at Bendad Basketball Centre, Randy. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd love to see, um, you know, Stacey could be there. So, um, and uh, yeah, and if Ash gets the... gets the votes, well, hopefully she can come down and we can mm-hmm. present her award. Absolutely. Let's just run through the rest of the leaderboard quickly. So Taya Burrows from Rockingham finished on five votes. A little bit unlucky there, but just by missing a couple she of games. She missed a couple she of games was, that head knock, yeah. She was on a, a massive roll. She was putting yep. up some really good games. Absolutely. And then we've got we've got a couple that have joined her now on five votes. Our winner of the Play of the Week Award this week, Jesse Edwards, finished on five votes, and, and Kayla Steindl finished on five votes as well. So they're, they're very close by. And just a little bit further back, Nat Burden on four votes from the Hawks. Maddie Allen and Jess Jenkins both from the Redbacks on four. Um, Chris, Christina Bogue on three. Bree Fisher from the East Perth Eagles on three. Mackenzie Clinch-Hoycard from the Senators on on two. Jewel Williams from the Suns on two. Paris Duffield from the Flames. She now takes on a lot of responsibility this week for them. Mm. If they're to win on Friday night, she got the one vote. And also on one vote, Olivia Bassett-Scar from the Magic. Imogen Aliff from the Tigers and Brooke Malone from the Redbacks. And Emma Gandini. Absolutely, from the Willard and Tigers. So yep. it's a pretty handy list of players there. Um, there's probably a handy list of players that didn't quite get a vote as well, but I think the list of players there shows that this West Coast Classic has been pretty exciting because there's, there's former WNBL talent there, current WNBL talent, and you have a look at some of them as well, like a Brooke Malone, a Imogen Aliff, and, and probably Clint Hoycard as well. There's, there's future WNBA talent there too. Yeah, absolutely. And a girl that I just want to mention that was unlucky not to get a vote was Sarah Donovan. Absolutely. <laughs> so consistent for the Hawks. Yeah, she was really good all year and we just couldn't find a, a spot for her. But, uh, yeah, the girls, some of the girls like you mentioned that didn't get a vote, uh, you know, uh, plenty of talent out there in the West Coast Classic. Absolutely. So there we go. That's the situation in our, in our Bassett Scarf Realty Player of the Year Award. Look, look out to cast your votes now for the rest of this week leading up to the grand final. Well done to Jesse Edwards from the Eastern Suns for winning the Wandering Distillery Player of the Week award. And when we come back, we'll take a look at the games in round nine of the West Coast Classic in a bit more detail. And then we'll come back with the Lakeside Lightning legend, Ali Schwagmeyer. Go through round nine in a bit more detail now, Randy. Just the one game on Friday night. I was there to take a close look at this one. It was a close game. Well, the Tigers ended up beating the Coburn Cougars 75-68. to 68. 
didn't end up counting for a lot, but it was a pretty tight game, close for the most part and well contested between the two teams. But as we spoke about before, ultimately, Emma Gandini was the, the biggest difference. Yeah, the only time I haven't picked picked the Tigers <laughs> on a Friday night, and yep. they, you know, they they got up. So a good win for the Tigers at home. It was a good match up here of the guards from both teams. Mm. I thought with Gandini, Priestley, and Winter going up against uh, Morgan, D'Souza, and Fiji, yep. and I think that was the difference in the game. Maybe a little bit more experience for the Tigers got them over the line. Uh, we've mentioned Emma Gandini and uh, Winter and Kelly were both good with thirteen each as well. Absolutely, they're not Saturday night. The Cougars were backing up at home against the Prairie Lakes Hawks and all eyes were on them to see if they could upset the Hawks to keep the teams trying to break into the top four alive. They couldn't quite do it, but it was a it was a good competitive game. The Hawks ended up winning 70 to 65. Yeah, I think everyone's eyes were, you know, on the online stats, mm. on the on the phones from around the, the different stadiums in Perth to see whether they were going to stay in the competition or, you know, we're going to just miss out. But uh, the Hawks got a good contribution from the bench in this game with McCarthy and with 14 and Williams with 12 you know having a real impact there mm. Nat Burton once again was solid with a double double 14 yep. points and 12 rebounds Tia Morgan we've spoken about her a lot another impressive game with 18 points and seven rebounds and mm. Talia Fijo didn't have a bad weekend at all I think the Cougars you know finish off the season with two losses but I think there are more positives and negatives come out of their West Coast I classic agree. season yeah Totally agree. I think they've been far more competitive than their three and eight yeah. records suggest. They could have easily had, you know, probably two or three more wins on on their on their accounts. Um, now this was the other game that I saw on the weekend, and I was blown away by what I saw in terms of how much the Redbacks struggled and and how dominant the Lakeside ended up being, especially having having seen Lakeside lose twice the weekend before. But the Lightning just blew the Redbacks away from the start and. And they never let up really. Ended up winning seventy four to forty. At one point, I think they were forty one points up, and it was about a thirty. I think it was around a thirty nine to ten point game at some point there in the second quarter. And unbelievable. The Redbacks just, just really. To be honest, they fell apart. Um, they they managed to claw it back a little bit in the second half, but a yeah, dominant win for for the Lightning. Yeah, I think the biggest factor out of this game is the Lightning's defensive ability to keep you know Jakins to six and Matty Allen to four points. Yeah. And the Redbacks to 40 points, you know, overall at mm-hmm. only 19% from the floor. Yeah. So, you know, Lightning got good solid games out of their championship winning players in Mansfield, 18 points. Owen Munger, 8 points and 11 rebounds and done a good job on Matty Allen. And mm-hmm. uh, the player of the year contender, Ash Eisenbarger, you know, 15 points and yeah. 8 rebounds. But uh, that doubleheader loss, you know, mid-season has come back to, to Hornham. And for the Redbacks, you know, good solid West Coast Classic season as well. They were in the mix mm. all the way through to that last game. Yep. Yeah, they were. It just ended on a bad note, but I don't think that should take away from what they had done the eight, the eight weeks prior to that. Um, now, this was another game with plenty on the line up at Warwick Stadium, but, gee, the absence of Christina Bogue was really felt by the Rockingham Flames, and the Warwick Senators were too strong to clinch in, clinch in that second spot. 
um, and a home final now on Friday night. They got the win 88 to 49. Yeah, they totally dominated the boards here, 64 to 43. And, um, you know, their game plan must have been get the ball up the floor and, mm. you know, get the shots up. Unfortunately, they only connected at 20%, so sort of uh, backfired on them and ball come back the other way quite quickly. But the two taller girls for the Senators, Hepburn and Clint Choicard, you know, led scorers with 18 and 20 respectively. And Barr was good with a, a double-double, 13 points and 11 rebounds, where um, Burroughs probably played a little bit of a lone hand there for the for the Flames. Yeah, tough one for the Flames. And now they have to try to find a way to upset the Wolves on Friday night in the semifinals. And speaking of the Wolves, they finished off their season in a good note with a win at home, 89-60 to 60, over the Wellington Tigers. Yeah, well, there's only eight points in it at halftime, so, which is a manageable margin, do you know what I mean? Um, but the Wolves just went up a gear in the second half to secure a big win. Um, as we know, they're going to be really, really tough to beat. Uh, Carlos Steindl is really starting to hit a straps and then they've just got, you know, role players all around. Michaela um, Prinny chipped in with uh, 10 assists and started distributing the ball really well to, you know, the players like Dennehy and Belcher and those sort of girls. Yeah. So there's weapons all over the floor for the for, for the Wolves. Yeah, they're going to be very tough to stop now this weekend. Um, now, down in Mandurah, Calamundra Eastern Suns a really, really... You know, probably an emphatic win in the end with Jesse Edwards leading the way, 66 over the Magic, 42. Yeah, this game was uh, it was quite funny actually because Mandurah were only five down going into the last quarter, but mm. it was sort of going up and down to when Jesse Edwards was leaving the court. <laughs> so every time she yeah. left the court, Magic could make a little mini run okay. and and stay close. But uh, Beck Matroni was getting some good looks mm-hmm. for the majority of the game, but she just couldn't knock anything down. Yeah. But then she got on a little bit of a roll late in the third, early in the fourth, which mm-hmm. gave them a break, and they just ran away with the game. So um, we've spoken about Jess Edwards' great game, but she was supported well by um, Beige Harris. She also had 13 points and 8 rebounds and yep. you know Kelly Bailey tried really hard to the Mander the whole game. She had 17 rebounds oh, wow. to go with her 8 points and she was she was in everything. I think she had 5 steals and mm-hmm. and quite a few assists so she did play really well. Yeah. That wraps it up for round 9 Randy. So it wraps it up for the regular season and that, let's take a look at how the standings finished up and let's take a look at the teams that missed out and like we talked about, we'll come back next week and, and run our rule over what we thought of the seasons of these teams in a bit more detail. But Lakeside Lightning just missed out at 7-4, and four, as did the Calumundra Eastern Suns at 7-4. and four. Then the Perth Redbacks, 6-5, and five, and then a bit further back, the Wilder Tigers, 4-7, and seven, Coburn Cougars, 3-8, and eight, Mandra Magic, 2-9, and nine, and then the two teams that had already finished by this weekend, the East Perth Eagles, 1-10, and 10, and the South West Slammers, 0-11. and 11. Randy, out of those teams that missed out, which one's the unluckiest to miss the finals and which one do you think could have done the most damage if they had sneaked in? I think both Lakeside and Calamunda. I know Jill Williams didn't play in that last mm. game against Mandra too because she mm. had a, a blood clot in the leg mm. apparently. So, yeah. um, But if she was up and going, I think they could trouble the four teams and also Lakeside Lightning obviously. Mm. So they would have been the two teams that I think were a little unlucky. Redbacks were pretty consistent most of the year. I think Willerton Tigers uh, done what they needed to do as far as 
rotating their players. Yep. You know, Coburn, we mentioned them. They were, they were good. Mandra are a little bit disappointing, but they got some uh, run in some of their long, younger kids' yep. legs and have got a few emerging players. Mm. I thought East Perth done a really good job too as yep. well. Same thing, you know, we had Hannah Rose Gillies and a few yeah, of those I, other girls. I so. think it's got a lot more out of it than one intensity. Yeah. So I think they yep. took some big steps forward on where they've been the last two years. Yep, and Aaron Fisher had a good good um, West Coast Classic. The Slammers just blooded all their kids down there, down south, and they all got a bit of a taste of what it's what it's like. Yep. So to answer your question, it's the Lightning and the Suns that were, were unlucky. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think ultimately we've got the best probably four teams mm. in the finals. So we'll... We'll run through our full preview of the final series to come this weekend later on. But right now, we need to get to our guest for this week. It's the new Sydney Uni Flames WNBL signing and the Lakeside superstar, Ali Schwagmeyer. Okay, back here on SBL Shoot Around, and this, this is a, a special guest who we've certainly been hoping to have on th- this whole season since we started our podcast, and we've been lucky enough to track her down. She she might have only played 102 games in the SBL, but without question, she's one of the all-time greats and a three-time MVP winner, a grand final MVP, and a championship winner. Tells you all that she, all that you need to know about what you what you did, Ellie, in the SBL. Um, there's plenty more for us to talk about as well because your career has spa- has spanned far and wide and right now you're getting ready for another WNBL season but thanks very much for joining us here on SBL Shootaround and I'm sure you've got plenty of fond memories from your time back here in Perth in, in the SBL. Yeah hi it's good uh, good to be on thank you so much for having me. No worries. Um, sorry I didn't hear that last bit you said I'm sorry. <laughs> no that's okay uh, I was just asking about how you must have a lot of fond memories about your time playing back here in the SBL and especially those those three and a bit years at, at Lakeside. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I first came in 2014 when I played yep. for the Suns, Craig. And yeah, it was just a super fun time. I think I came in seven games late coming from Europe. Mm-hmm. I just loved Perth and Australia. And then um, when um, went back and played over in Europe. And then when Craig asked me to come back over when he had that coaching job at Lakeside, I was super thrilled to come back over. And then from there, I just realized that it would be nice if I could maybe try to just stay stay in Australia because I, I loved it so much and you know in the three three I guess four seasons that I was in Perth um, I just developed a bit of like a family in Perth so yeah. that was really cool to be able to play basketball but still feel like I'm surrounded by like friends and family because you don't always get that um, everywhere you go playing overseas so that was just like a really cool experience and it was really cool just being at Lakeside because well, I'm a Christian, and so it was really cool to be able to like be a part of a club that um, is a church, and also you like you can play basketball. So it was kind of like two of my passions in one, and so that was probably one I would say like in my basketball career that was probably one of the most unique situations I've been in, um, and I was I'm just super grateful and super blessed that I've been able to be in a situation like that. I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. We'll come back and talk more about your time at Lakeside. But right now, I believe you've settled in Sydney. You've obviously signed at the Sydney Uni Flames for the upcoming WNBL season. We're not still not quite sure what that's going to mean in terms of if you have to play in a hub or how long the season's going to go for and when we're going to start. But right now, how are you settling into Sydney? Yeah, well, we haven't been out much. So I got some fresh air when we went from the airport into the um, van that transit. Transports us to the hotel. Yep, yep. 
but I, I got a pretty good view from my balcony. I'm okay, good. I have a balcony. So <laughs> I do get fresh air, you know, when I go out there. But yeah, like, you know, we've played Sydney in the past um, when I played for Perth. So I've been to Sydney only um, when we play, though. But yep. I know that we had like a rest day, I think, in between Sydney and our next trip after that. So I got to spend some time at the harbor and stuff. And it was just super beautiful. And so I'm really excited to be able to like, I guess, see a bit more of Sydney and see some local spots. And obviously the big thing is just to get on the court. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This whole thing. And um, regardless of what the season ends up looking like, what we do, I'm just super thankful that we get to have a season and we get to be on the court again and get to play and yeah, just get to hoop again. What was this whole COVID situation like for you after after the WNBL season ended at the Lynx, did you and Courtney go back home to the to the US? And is that where you've been, or what's this whole time period been like? Been like for you? Yeah, so it's been um, well. There's pros and cons to it, and obviously, I wish that the whole COVID thing would have never happened. You mm. know, and uh, I know that it's put a lot of people in situations that's hard and difficult, and so it's just it's been like a. I think for everybody, it's just been such like a roller coaster and an up and down and unknowns and changes. And when it happened, we were already done with our season. And so I had flown home to see my family kind of like thinking I might come back and, you know, you you never know, like playing the state league or, or something like that. But, you know, when I went over there mid February and Courtney was in Germany playing. Mm -hmm. And so his season actually got cut short. So they had to cancel his season and he missed five of his last regular season games with no playoffs. And so, um, it didn't really um, affect our season, the WNBL. Um, I was already at home. and then, yep. But the plan was to go home for a week and then to fly to <laughs> Courtney the rest of his season. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so um, obviously that didn't end up happening. And so Courtney's season got cut short. So I think we met each other in March in the States. Yep. And we were just, you know, going with the flow as everybody was with how that's going to affect, you know, basketball, how that's going to affect jobs, economy, stuff like that. And so um ultimately um because of covid you know we ended up staying home and um you know have a little place on the farm and was um training people and we started our own company which is 25 8 mentality and so mm-hmm. in this time um it was hard but um we were able to like establish our company and stuff back at home and so that was kind of nice and i will say that um during this time that's the longest time courtney and i have been together <laughs> yeah i can imagine yeah um, since we've been married so um, you know, for the last seven years, we've only been able to be together probably three to four months out of the 12 months for seven mm. years. Being able to have those seven, eight months together were actually quite nice. I guess not only, even when you have been together, one or both of you have still been playing basketball at the same time as well. What's it, what's it actually been like to have some time together as a couple to live almost a normal type life where you're not getting ready for basketball games every third or fourth, fourth day as well? Right. Yeah, that's actually a really great question because... You're right. Like the life of an athlete is so it's so different. And so um, whether we were together and we both had games or I was with him and he had a game or vice versa, your life does look a bit different because Mm. you have to be on your your cues with your diet, nutrition and workouts and everything like that. And obviously we still did that back at home. But in the beginning, we were able to take some of that time off. And it, it was quite nice being able to, I guess, really just focus on us and everything like that. But at the same time, like basketball and working out brings us together as well. Yep. And yep. so it's not really um, a burden 
in, but it is nice having a bit of a switch up for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. What about now getting back into Australia? Did you have to jump through a few hoops to get back here? It's obviously not the easiest thing to be doing some travel across the world right now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, the Sydney Union Flames, the club has been great and they've um, taken care of a lot of that for us. And so they've been so wonderful in this process and just super thankful for how helpful they were because I think they definitely made it a lot easier on us um, being able to get back into country as far as exemptions and everything else that we needed. No, that's fantastic. And as I touched on, and, and as as you know, Randy Meagle is my co-host on this podcast. Unfortunately, he couldn't join us, but he has made sure that I've got some questions handy to throw you away. And firstly, he wanted, to, he wanted me to say hello to you on his behalf, Ali. First, first of all, Randy, he wanted to know if you are ready to apologize for denying him from being a championship winning coach. <laughs> well, first, I just want to say, hey, Randy, I missed you again. <laughs> it, was, it, was it was always fun. No, mm. definitely. Oh, my goodness. Always a challenge when we had to play, um, especially at my time at Lakeside when we had to play Mandra. Because actually, Randy, we can let Randy know that we may have denied him the championship the last game, but he denied us the championship the year before. <laughs> he sure did. You know? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> they knocked us out of the semis the I year did. before in, in game three at their place. Yep. So. You know, we just had we had to have a little bit of a payback the next year, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But definitely miss competing against uh, Randy and Commander Magic. Always tough. I, I, spoke with, I spoke with Ash Eisenberger a couple of weeks back about that grand final as well. Have you ever been involved in, a, let alone a grand final, but a game like that where you're down by 10 with everything on the line and you score the last 21 points of the game? Have you ever been involved in a game like that before? <laughs> so, funny enough that you asked... I have been involved in a game a, even a bit crazier than that one. Oh, wow. That was okay. a cra- yeah, that was a crazy game, but there's only been two in my life. So the Mandrake game, the grand final was one of them. And the first one, though, was when I was a junior in high school and it was um, single elimination. We were in the postseason and we were playing the, I think, the number three ranked team in the state. And mm-hmm. we had to beat them to go to the Sweet 16. So the top 16 in the yep. state, we had to beat them. And we were actually, this was crazy. So my sister was a senior at the time and I was a junior. We were playing together and we were actually down by nine points with 60 seconds left oh, to go. Wow. And like the, we had huge, huge, like packed, packed out stadium. It was real big from where I was at to come mm-hmm. watch. You could actually see people getting up and leaving the stadium so that they wouldn't have to sit in traffic mm-hmm. after um, the buzzer ring. Yep. And we... My sister, so in the final 60 seconds, my sister Angie hit two threes. I hit one three. And then Tara Jennings, this girl who never made one three the whole year, got an offensive the last possession. We were down by two points. My sister, she just hit two threes. So we ran a play for her to hit a three. She missed the three. Tara Jennings ran in, got the rebound, ran outside the three-point line, did a 180 spin to turn back to the basket, (laughs) threw the ball up and made it before the buzzer went off. One by one point to go to the top. (laughs) Wow. There you go, Randy. Hopefully that makes you feel a bit better. Yeah, yeah. But it was... (laughs) crazy thing about the Mandra game though in the grand final so that would have been the second time that happened because yep. yeah we were down by like 10 I think there's five minutes left but yeah not only were we down five minutes left I think we were shooting because we were a three-point shooting team mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure statistically we were shooting 19 percent from the three up until that point yep <laughs> yeah so that was pretty crazy and then I know I hit two threes and then Sid hit a three and I think Sam Roscoe might have yep Sammy hit uh, a three and, and we just all just hit 
three after three after three after missing almost <laughs> yeah. all of our three. Like <laughs> it was crazy. A couple more questions from from Randy, and and touching on on your time at Lakeside, and even at Kalamunda, what was it about Craig Mansfield? How did how did you develop your such a close bond with him, and and I guess how how close did you get with him over over the the four and a bit years that you you played played under him? Yeah, absolutely. Like. I mean, for a player to go back and play for the same coach for four seasons, that Mm. says a lot about, you know what I mean? And I love Craig. I love how he coaches and I love his take, not only on basketball, but like on the balance between life and basketball. Um, Because as a professional athlete, if you don't have a balance between life and basketball, I don't think you'll play to your highest potential. If Mm -hmm. it, It almost sounds bad words, but that is something that I've learned in my older age (laughs) is that you have to have a balance with life and basketball. And if you do, you can almost compete at a higher level mentally. And I think Craig like helped teach me that a bit. And I don't know, it, it must've just been like, I always um, say he's like my older brother. Like he almost feels Mm. like my older brother and um, our player coach relationship is great. And then our uh, relationship off the court is great as well. I think he respects me and I respect him. And yeah, it just worked out so good. Okay, let me keep running down this list from from Randy. Um, <laughs> he, he wanted to know about your your Sixth six Woman of the Year Award last year in the WNBL, last season in the WNBL. Where did where did that award stack up in some of the others that you've, you've won over your, your career? Yeah, um, so obviously, like, for me, like, awards isn't, like, uh, I'm at the top of my list, you know, I'd much rather have won a championship over getting that, you know, mm-hmm. um, even if I got first team or MVP last season, I would have much rather have won a championship. Sure. And, yep. um, but it is, it is definitely nice being, I guess, rewarded for the hard work that I've put in. And as an athlete, like you're never happy with, um, it's so you almost want to like get better all the mm. time, you know? And so super grateful that I was able to win that honor and that award. And now it's, it's kind of like on to the next, you know? <laughs> so yeah. Um, that's what we compete for, you know, um, as a team and individually is just to keep getting better each and every year, keep progressing. Now, Randy wants to get a little bit deeper now. Um, what motivates you and do you have a favorite sporting quote that you use to motivate yourself? Yeah. Um, man, I want to answer this very, very honestly. So I want to mm-hmm. like, make sure I like take the time to think about it. Sure. Um, I definitely, and I've always said this my whole life is, and I know I mentioned this a bit earlier in our conversation that um, I am a Christian. And so um, for me growing up, I've always, I think my motivation has always been, even since I think as early as like seventh or eighth grade, that like, I truly believe that every good and perfect gift comes from God. And so um, I just kind of like, I always think it's bigger than basketball. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, so, sure. It's for me, it's not just a basketball game. For me, it's the gift that God's given me. And so I want to honor him and playing as hard as I can and being the best that I can be on the court to kind of like almost glorify him because he's given me this gift and has allowed me to have this gift, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's such an awesome thing that um, I've been able to use like a passion and a desire of mine and be able to travel the world and make relationships with people all over the world, you know? And to me, like, that's such like a cool, a cool thing. And so I guess I'm super grateful and I don't want to take any of it for granted. And I always think like, you know, sometimes like you hop on the court and you're either tired or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's your third game in 10 days and you're super tired and all that stuff. And 
I always like think to myself that like first first off God is my strength and I want to glorify him but I also think like like if there's a young girl or a young boy in the stands that has come to watch me play like I want to show them and I want to inspire them that they can work as hard as if they just like put their mind to it and work as hard as they can that like they they can be where I'm at if that's what they want you know mm. or even if it's the parent in the stand that's tired, you know what I'm saying? I just want to be able to inspire people with how hard I play and how hard I work and with the passion that I play with. I just want to be able to inspire people that watch me play. And or, so I think yeah. those I think those two things are like huge motivations for me. And obviously having my husband by my side just enriches everything. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it just makes things that are like amazing, like ultra amazing if that makes any sense <laughs> no it, it's a fantastic answer and as somebody who's seen so many of your both SBL and WNBL games I can certainly say that every time you're out on the court it's a lot more fun to be there watching and and you know obviously there's times where I'm I'm you know tired and starting to get sick of basketball but I turn up to a game and watch you play and it it really does to give you that boost again just because of the passion that you play with and you can see how much you love the game and Following on from that, when you when you got to Lakeside to play, because at Lakeside it's so much more than just about basketball, and the church is such a huge part of everything there as well. Did did that feel like an extra special place for you? And just did it feel much bigger than just just about the basketball? Yeah. Um, well, first off, I want to say thank you so much for saying that because really, like when I hear stuff like that, it really it really boosts me. Mm. Um, so I really appreciate. It. Um, and and yeah, so. Um, if I'm being like ultra candid about it, um, when I had came to Lakeside in 2016, that was my first time playing after my sister had passed yeah. away. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I, I was going through a lot in my life at that time. And I actually didn't know if I was going to like continue to play basketball at that point, because it just felt like, well, you know, like you go through a huge event. My sister is a year yeah, older than me. Absolutely. Yeah. And she had passed away. And so you just question everything in your life, you know, like you question the meaning of things and mm -hmm. if, is this worth it? And, you know? And, and so I really believe that it was God's plan and God's will for me to come to Lakeside and play because I honestly received so much healing inside my heart, being able to come to Lakeside in that moment, in that scenario that I was in at the time and the situation I was in. And um, I think that like a lot of people that don't know that, like you said, you asked if it was like special and mm. it almost makes it that much more special because I was going through such a difficult time in my life. And I was in a space, like you said, with the church being involved and stuff, I was in a space where um, I was able to receive like personal healing within mm -hmm. my, within my spirit, within myself. And on top of that, still be able to play basketball. And so I truly believe that that was um, God's plan. And he knew that that was going to help me heal being a part of the church, but still being able to play basketball. No, it's it's an incredible answer, and thanks for being so so open and honest about it. What about the WNBL? I was always amazed that it took you so long to get an opportunity, and I was amazed that the that a club didn't give you a chance, sort of before you were, uh, I guess, a, a naturalized citizen. Was it always a goal of yours once you had played a, a little bit here in in Perth to try to get an NBL contract, or how important to you was what was that? Yeah, absolutely. So. I remember in 2014, Craig and I, Mike Craig Mansfield and I were yep. watching a WNBL game and I just loved, cause I had played in Europe and like first leagues over there and 
I came over here and played and I just love the style of play, how it, it was, it was so fast paced. And you know me, like if you see mm. me play, I'm like, let's go. Like, <laughs> of course. I, yeah. I love the speed of it. I love the fast pace of it. Um, and I liked, yeah, I liked how it was a run and gun type of game and it was super competitive and high level. And mm -hmm. I remember when I was watching a game with Craig, I was like, I want to play in this league. And, um, that was probably back in 2014, um, and then I kind of like went and played in Europe for a little bit and then stopped playing for that period. And yep. then when I came back over Lakeside, I think that I really, in 2016, I think I really had my mind made up that I was going to try to do whatever I could to play in the WNBL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, so, yeah, yeah, it was definitely like a goal of mine to achieve definitely, um, since 2016. And so to be able to like achieve that and like, you know, some people's journeys and paths are so different. And so it took me a little bit longer. It took me, um, it took me having to go, you know, <laughs> a, a different route and a different yeah. direction to be able to play in the WNBL. But I, I, I learned and I, and I grew through that. And I think I'm a better player for that to this day. And I knew that if I was given the opportunity that I, I wasn't going to waste the opportunity and I was going to um, work my butt off and try to kill it as much as I could. And you've definitely proven you can, you can play well in the league since as well. How difficult was it now since the last season to, it's not necessarily your choice, I guess, when, when you have a look at the, the signings that the Perth Lynx have made and, you know, they add in Sammy Wickham's and, and obviously Katie Ebury's coming back and a couple of other signings they've made, clearly there probably wasn't room for you to, to have a big role in that team. How difficult was it for you to, to know that there wasn't a spot for you here at the Lynx and you would have to find another home and how did it end up becoming the Flames that you signed with? Yeah. Um, yeah. To be honest, I know that, you know, they were talking to the people that were signed and they were also having um, they had a couple of discussions with me um, within that as well. But I think I definitely was ready for a bigger role. Yeah. And so um, for me, it wasn't that difficult to to leave, to be quite honest, just because I know that having a bigger role was um, a goal of mine that I wanted to be able to have. And so you know, when you have goals and stuff, it makes your decision a bit easier. And so, yeah, with the with the signees that they had and stuff, and after some of the conversations we had, it it wasn't too difficult. Um, obviously, it's difficult leaving Perth. I love Perth. I love the people in Perth. And you know, Perth is literally my home away from home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in America. What the first. 21 years of my life, but Perth feels just as near and dear to my heart almost as my my home home feels yeah. like, you know what I mean? Um, and so obviously that's like a tough decision leaving that and everything like that. But as far as the basketball side goes, yeah, I just had a goal that I wanted to have a bigger role in. So um, I guess that made it a bit easier. And, you know, I talked to um, a few teams and I just really liked the vibe of Sydney mm -hmm. and I really liked um, the conversations I had with um, Katrina, the coach, and she just really, you know, made, made the recruiting process pretty easy. She was very open with me and I was very open with her and it was just, it kind of just clicked. We had really great communication and, and yeah, it almost made it a bit easy to sign with Sydney because yeah, just everything clicked how I would want it to click and the communication was great. And ever since then, the club has been amazing, especially through this difficult time. You know, mm. it's not how it to be like, things aren't as easy <laughs> to move and maneuver no. things. And, and Sydney, um, it's just like, 
helps me know that I, I chose the right club because um, just how they've made so many things that are so difficult, should be so difficult. They made it so easy on Courtney and I. And yeah, we're just kind of just confirms that I feel like I chose the right place. No, that's great to hear. Now, as you said before, Sydney's a new city to you, but at least you've got some familiar faces that have signed with you as well. Obviously, Lauren Mansfield and and and, and Bogue and Nat Burden, you've either played with them at the links or you've played against them back here in Perth in the SBL. So you do have some familiar faces there with you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm so happy. Like I'm, it, it almost feels like, yeah, like I'm at a different club, but like you said, like I played with laws for the last two seasons yep. and, um, I played that one year where I had that one, I played that one game, but I practiced with them the whole mm. year. Nat was on the team and, uh, like she's just a wonderful person and, and Carly, you know, like I've competed against her in the SBL for yeah. two seasons. So it definitely, that, that grand final. Of, yeah, and the, exactly. in the grand final. So, it definitely kind of just like came together in such a weird and perfect and awesome way. Now, I have to ask you about Courtney as well. You've got, obviously, obviously you're married, so you have a history together, but your history together has been such a long one now. I mean, you've been through so much and so many ups and downs in, in your journey since you've tried to become a professional basketball player and have succeeded at it, and both of you have done it, but could you have, could, could you have imagined doing it without him by your side this whole time? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's so easy to answer. Like, as on the basketball part, Courtney's one like made me such a better basketball player, and two, like, it, he just helps my mental state so much when it comes to basketball. And so that's why I'm like so excited that he's here with me this season to um, be with me while I play because, like, I think I've struggled a bit in the past with like spoke about this a little bit earlier but like a bit in the past with like balancing basketball with, with life and yep. I think any professional athlete could say that like that is probably one of the hardest things to do is because you have to put so if you want to be like one of the world's most elite athlete you have to put so much into it you know and like sometimes it comes down to like a 1% type of thing. Like, like, I don't know, like your, your diet, what you do in the weight room, mm. um, like stuff like that. Like when you're competing against like some of the most elite athletes in the world, like you have to like get those one percenters. And so it's so hard to balance, like, Oh, putting so much effort and energy into being an elite athlete, but also like you have to be able to, for your mental state and for your mental health, like you have to be able to do that, but like still find a balance in life. And, um, Courtney definitely helps me with that. He definitely, and you would think us both being like as hardcore as we are with basketball, it wouldn't, but he definitely helps balance my life out. And I think mm. I probably do the same with him as well is like, because the awesome thing is that like at the end of the day, whether you played, had a great game or a bad game, you get to come home to the love of your life. And that, that to me just helps balance out, I guess, my life a bit, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. Um, I've got one more question from Randy. Who were, your, who were the best three players you saw play back here in the SBL or which were the three players that you enjoyed competing against the most? Yeah, so, um, so Sammy Whitcomb, I'm sure that's on everyone's top mm -hmm. list. <laughs> Sammy Whitcomb, let's, I don't want to, uh, this is tough, like, on the spot, because I, I <laughs> yeah. know, like, oh, dang, like, I forgot about that player, because I, I also have terrible memories, so. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Sammy, definitely number one, I would yeah. say. Uh, and then two more players. Let's as I said with... to you, as I said to you at the start, we, we planned our last four shows around having having you, Sammy, Stacey Barr and Casey Milo. How did, how close do we get to, to your top three with those other three? Yeah, absolutely. Those are super close. So like Stacey, she's such like a microwave. She's such yep. like a four, like um, crazy. So it's tough, like. With Stacy, it's like when she's on, she's mm. on. So sometimes you can be right in her face. <laughs> she she'll she's, still hit. Yeah, yeah she, you, she, 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 she had she had a forty nine point game just a couple of weeks back in the West Coast Classic. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and she's had multiple of those. I mean, yep. you know, you're that I played against her, and and so with Stacy, like it's so hard because when she's on, it's like it is hard to stop her. Mm-hmm. You can be like coming over a ball screen, pressuring her as hard as she can do it. A double step back NBA ring, <laughs> yep. and it just it banks in sometimes. You're like, dang. <laughs> so definitely rate that Milo. I mean, she's a legend in the league. She just comes with, like so much experience. I think. Yep. And she's um, kind of. I think she knows how to like run a team. And mm-hmm. so having Milo on your team is, I think, and Brandy probably knows, um, is such a benefit because. She comes with so much experience, but she also can do multiple things as well. You know, she can drive and finish at the rim. She can hit a kick out three. Um, she can come off the ball screens and create for other people. So it's definitely um, like it's tough, especially when you put a couple of good players around her. She can yeah. make them great, you know. And so having a player like that on your team is it's, well, it's invaluable, to be honest. And so, yeah, like those players that you picked would definitely be on my list. For mm-hmm. sure. And I know like Carly, I always butcher her. Well, her her name's Ernst now. Um, yep. You know, she was a threat um, one season. Um, obviously, I got to shout Sid out. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> my, my teammate, you know, yep. Yep. Uh, I think she was probably, uh, you know, one of the top people in the league. And um, we definitely couldn't have won a championship without her, you know. Mm. And so. So, yeah, definitely a handful of people. If I really had to sit down and think about it, I think there's been great talent in the state league. And I think that. Sometimes it goes, I think sometimes it goes, what's the word I'm looking for? Like unnoticed. Yeah. yeah I think, it goes I a think bit, you're right. Yeah. Uh, how much talent we really have in the state league, you know? And so. Well, I think yeah. you only have to look at how many players now are in the WNBL from our SBL competition. And we're, we're having a, a really strong representation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just tough. Like we've only got one first division team on the West coast because I think that there would definitely be more um, state league players in the WNBL ha- if if there was more, you know, opportunities sometimes. Yeah, no, but, I, I absolutely, absolutely think you're right, yeah. Because uh, yeah. yeah, we, we, we look at somebody like a, a Stacey Barr and she can't even get a contract right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, just hopefully opportunity opens up and, you know, like if you don't make it on um, the Lynx team, you, you have to go over east, you know, because yep. all the other teams are for east. And so you kind of got to like make a way there and, and not everybody can like pick up and move from their, you know, hometown to no, somewhere else, you know. And so, yeah, I think that I think the talent in the state league does go a bit unnoticed sometimes. OK, I've got a couple of quick questions to finish off with. First of all, I don't know if it'll happen this season or not, just because we don't know how the travel situation will go. But whether or not it is this upcoming WNBL season or next season, what do you think the emotions will be like for you to come back to play in Perth as an opposition player? Yeah. Um, well, I'm hoping that I still, I, I'm hoping I'd have a fan section there for me. Still. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think you will. There's no doubt you will. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And so obviously, like, I think it would be a positive experience because I love Perth and the things that has to offer and all the people that are there. And, you know, the Lynx fans have been behind me for three years now. And excuse me, I just think it'll be like a great opportunity. And not only, I mean, I get to play against Sammy, like, Mm -hmm. uh, I can't wait for that. You know, I love her. I think she's such a great person. And being able to compete against her again will be fun. And yeah, and just seeing people from the Lynx organization, you know, they treated me well. And so definitely be a positive experience. But of course, like if you're being real, like every athlete wants to come back to the team they used to play for and win, Yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, just to be real. But I think it'll be, I like either way it goes. I think it'll be a fun experience and a positive one. Yeah, I guarantee you won't get one single person booing you in the stadium anyway. That, that won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, another one quickly. Are you the sort of person that sets yourself goals? You've achieved so much in your career already, but do you do you set yourself things that you still do want to achieve between now and whenever it is that you, you stop playing basketball? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that... You know, I just want to keep, I guess, competing at the highest level possible that I can compete at. And the WNBL is, in my opinion, one of the highest leagues in the world, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's um, super high competitive level and great talent, amazing talent. And so I just keep want to, I want... And in my in my career left, I want to be able to continue to play at the highest level possible. And so obviously, you know, I would love to play in the Euro League if given opportunity and still try to get into the WNBA as a 30 year old rookie if I can. (laughs) I I I don't think that's beyond possible. I think that could still happen. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, so those are my two goals. And uh, whether they happen or not, they'll still remain my goals. So Sure. Okay, yeah. one last one. Yeah. When you and Courtney do end up finishing your basketball careers, and it, it might still be five, six, seven, eight, who knows how many years away, where do you think you'll call home? Do you have any idea? Yeah, that, that, oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we actually know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that... I think it has to do with, um, you know, if we decide to settle down and have kids or not. Mm-hmm. Um, if we do have kids, it would be good for them to be around um, their cousins and sure. aunts yep. and grandparents. And so that I think that that would probably be a determining factor in that. But I know for sure, Courtney and I have talked about it and we would love to be able to like even before that happens to come back and be able to live some in Australia if that yeah. was a possibility um, before kids come, if kids are in the cards. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. No, very good. We'll we'll wait to see how it pans out. But either way, I've loved watching your the amount of your career that I've watched already. I'll be watching you closely, obviously at the Flames this upcoming season, and hopefully we see you back playing it in Perth at some point one day. But yeah, a real pleasure to catch up with you again, Ali. And thanks for taking so much time to join us on SBL Shootaround, and all the best for for what lies ahead. Yeah, no worries. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be in your top three players. So I really, or three or four players. So I really appreciate that. And Randy, I know that you're not here today, but I just want to say hi and bye. And you had awesome questions. And so did you, Chris. So thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you very much. Okay, Randy, thanks to Ali Swagmeyer Belger for joining us here on SBR Shootaround. And as somebody who you coached against in so many big games, 
was it was it nice to talk to her in a in a different environment and get to know her in a little bit of a, a different way? Um, yeah, no, I've talked to Ali a little bit. I coached her in the All Star game. I think it was back in two thousand and seventeen, and yeah, she's just a real professional. You know, great player on both sides of a body. You know, can take the ball inside and outside, and when she gets in the key way with her moves, you know, um, she uses her body strength really, really well. And that she has changed a little bit her game, I believe. You know, when I first coached against her back when she was playing with um, Calamundi, she was a lot more of an inside presence, but she really has developed her outside game and her, you know, her court vision and everything else that goes with being a quality guard. And I think when she first got her full contract at the Lynx, she dropped 10 kilos in that mm. in that off-season so she could play more as that yep. one or two guard yep. at WNBL level rather than, I guess, being the three or the four that she might have been yeah. at, at Lakeside and Calamunda before. Well, she obviously got that uh, award as a WNBL sixth woman of the yep. year and, you know, that's just due to hard work. Yep. So um, congratulations for, for her on that. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks to, thanks to Ellie for joining us here on SBR Shoot Around. Now time... For the business end of the West Coast Classic now, Randy, it all happens inside the space of 24 hours. And this preview and our tips are proudly brought to you by Her Hoops AU. And don't forget to join us back here next week where founder of Her Hoops, Michaela Dyer, will join us as our co-host and really looking forward to getting her her insights into, into everything basketball-related next week, Randy. Now, of course, Randy, we'll speak to Michaela a lot more about this next week when she's here with us on the show. But don't forget to get in touch with Her Hoops AU if you if you so wish. And and right now, there's some exciting Term 4 programs that, that the program has got coming up to prepare the girls for the end of the, the wobble season and also for the upcoming state championships. And the Wednesday programs and the schedule is for the under-12s and, and the under-14s. And then Saturdays are are set up for the under-14s and under-16s. And Her Hoops AU is targeting primary and high school girls aged between 8 and 17 with a focus on wobble girls, but they've also added added some beginner programs for the upcoming school holidays now, which start next week. So the best way to get in touch is just search for Her Hoops AU on face, Facebook and Instagram or head to the website herhoops.com.au and... And you won't be disappointed. But Friday night, the semi-finals, first one, Warwick Stadium, the Warwick Senators up against the Perry Lakes Hawks, and boy, these two teams have been terrific all season long. You look at the Senators, and they've got the superstar in Stacey Barr, but Mackenzie Clinch-Hoykart and Taylor Hepburn are playing terrific basketball, and they've got the leadership of Nicole Geordie St. Jaw, who's been fantastic, and then the young girls led by Jada Clark, who have been stepping up too, and Chloe Forster. But you look at the Hawks, and they've got Nat Burden... They've got Sarah Donovan. They've got Maddie Dennis inside. They've still got the experience of somebody like a, a Nikita Nikita Martin. You know, Morgan Ballantyne's been playing well as a point guard. These look to me to be two very evenly matched teams. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's really, really hard to split here, and it's just going to be whoever's better on the night, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think, you know, Perilates may be a little deeper. I mean, um, Docky might be able to go to the bench a little bit more than what Dion can. Sure. And Dion's sort of been running six or seven most of the season. So I think the foul, the foul trouble and the foul count could be an important factor in this, and hopefully the refs let them play. You know, there's yeah. some... Uh, um, taller girls some more physical girls in this game so but you can't knock the senators for what they're doing you know they've found ways to win all year they've been coming from behind and finding different ways to win whether you know it's 
Stacey Barr having a big night or all these other girls chipping in. So I'm going to go for the Senators in a really close game at home. Mm. But if the Hawks win, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think it's a real toss of the coin. Both teams have got their great strengths. I'm going to actually go for Perry Lakes in, in a bit of an upset and to advance to, to the grand final and to create a little bit of extra stress on, on Dockey as her baby gets even closer and she, <laughs> and she puts herself through a, a grand final the, the, the next night. Um, well, she knows what she's doing on grand final night. So. Absolutely does. Um, <laughs> don't know if she knows what she's doing on the other side of it, her giving birth for, for the first time, but good luck to her and Steve with that nonetheless. The next semi-final, now this is going to be really tough for the Rocky Ham Flames, but as you said, if anyone can pull something out of his sleeve, it'll be Keegan Crawford. The June Lup Wolves hosting the Rocky Ham Flames at HBF Arena. Yeah, I'm no disrespect to the Flames, but I think they're going to have to pull one out of the hat here to, to knock off the Wolves. You know, the Wolves are a formidable lineup, and they'll put pressure on Burroughs and Duffield, who will be their main, mm-hmm. you know, scorers, and smother them. And then it'll be up to, you know, the other girls on the Flames roster to try and put up a winning score, which I, I can't see happening. Try to break it down for me. If you're coaching the Flames in this game, how do you possibly try to stop the size of Kayla Seindel and Amberland inside? What do you What do you need to do? Oh, they just got to be active and look to double team and come up with some good defensive rotations and just, you know, junk it up in defence and just try some different stuff. So if they stay in, you know, too many def- defensive sets for too long, they'll break it down. So, yeah, Keegan will know that and he'll he'll come up with some sort of plan. He knows it. It's another thing to actually be able to do something about it. So, <laughs> so it, yeah, to me, they look to be right up against it. If if Christina Bogu was playing then, I think this game is almost a toss of the coin as well because we have seen Rockingham hand the Wolves their only loss of this season, but yeah, just without without Bogue there. Do we do we know that she's not going to be here? I find it very well, I find it very hard that you can go to one side of the country in one week and come back without going to quarantine. Can you right now? No, that's that's true. Yeah, yeah good I don't, point. I don't think she can come back without no. going through two weeks of quarantine and. To be honest, I don't think she'll now come back to Perth. I think she'll be going straight up to up to Townsville to start preparing for her WNBL season, which is it's just unfortunate timing. If she could have stayed for, for seven more days, she could have won her second championship with the Flames in inside 12 months, but um, wasn't to be. And as a result, I think the Wolves have, have got the nod for me. How much does home court play an advantage in a game like this, Randy? If you were coaching one of these teams, how happy would you be to be playing at home? Oh, it's huge. You know, it's probably worth 10, 10 points. Wow. Yeah, especially okay. if you get a nice big crowd in there. I mean, the Wolves have got a – Wolves and Senators have both got good atmospheres. Yep. And, both and, new stadiums. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I think it's really important. You're used to the surroundings and everything else that goes with it, you know, your preparation in the change rooms and, and that are important. Now, assuming your tips go to plan, Randy, that means on Saturday night at Bendat Basketball Centre at 7 p.m., with you commentating the game live from courtside, along with Josh Garlop and possibly Darcy Garvin, depending on how the Flames are going. If your tips go to plan, who wins out of the Senators and the Wolves? Well, they played each other a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I think it was a bit of a precursor. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that there probably would be the grand final, and uh, the Senators struggled against them. So I, I would say that the Wolves would be favourites. But um, Well, you're right. It was a 22-point win for yeah, the Wolves in that game. Yeah, it was. I kept a close eye on that. So maybe Perry Lakes are the only team that can upset them, but I haven't tipped you Perry haven't Lakes. Tipped them, we, no, either, though, yeah. no. So we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, uh, that's how I see it. Um so, I mean, Dion would have had a good look at what they were doing and he would need to make some adjustments. Mm. And, um, 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's really interesting, and I, I just love the concept of you know back to back games as yeah. well. So yeah. anything can happen on the Friday night, whether mm-hmm. there'll be an injury or you know you just have a poor weekend. Well, you're... one one team might play in a blowout where they can rest their players, and the other might play in yeah. a double overtime game where yep. their players are exhausted. Anything can happen. You're yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So you'd have the Wolves against the Senators. Yeah, I got the Wolves against the Senators. If, if things go my way, and it's the Wolves against the Hawks. You make a great point about Perry Lakes being. The only team that could match Junilup in, in size with Burden and Donovan and mm. and, and Matty Dennis and, and their other girls. So, so that advantage from the Wolves is cancelled out. But then I think the Wolves are so much deeper in their backcourt. Yeah. Um. And and also probably in the small forward when they've got both Miotti and and Nashaya Williams there. That I don't. I just don't think the Hawks have the depth in the rest of the of the court to be able to match it. So I think I've said all along that the Wolves are the team to beat. And if they didn't win this competition, then it's probably deemed a failure for them, so I think they they should win it, and I think they will win it just because they they have far too much firepower. But let's hope let's hope for a good game, and let's hope that you've got your your calling boots on. Well, I think um, they actually played each other not that long ago either. Have you got that? Because I think that was cl- quite close. Uh, I can remember um, it was a twelve point win mm, at home for the Wolves. But yeah, I, I think you're right. It was a pretty close game. Yeah, and then you know if the Hawks do get through, they obviously have home court advantage. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that is another another thing to take into account. Interesting one. You have played against the Hawks in a grand final. Do you mm. feel like when you're playing Parallax in a grand final that they have a home corner advantage? Um, I don't think so. No, no. I think with the crowd and that there, it probably evens things up. I know sure. it's a weird thing to say. but yeah, well, uh, it's you, a half enough crowd, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and you go into an empty stadium or mm. a stadium that's so large with yeah. not that many people. That's sort of their... Home court advantage, I suppose. Well, you, but, no, you're uh, right, yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. I think, don't think it matters too much. Okay. Either way, really looking forward to to the semifinals on the Friday night and the grand final on on Saturday night. It's been a terrific West Coast Classic and we're, we're expecting a big finish. Just to update our tipping, thanks to Her Hoops AU, Randy. It's finished up where even if you... If you clean sweep it. Even if you clean sweep the finals, you still can't win 51 to 47, but... You've asked for a count back. Yeah, I want you to go back through <laughs> every segment that we've had and just mark them all down because I think... <laughs> Are you saying you don't trust me, Randy? Yeah, well, there was a couple there that I got you on and uh, going back a couple of weeks ago. All so right. if you can do that for me, I know you're not that busy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I need an assistant, so I'm going to... I'll rent that job out to somebody else and they can do it for me. Oh, you have to get your partner to help you out there. Yeah, I don't know if that'll happen, but... <laughs> I'll get someone to do it. The good thing is it'll get our listener numbers up too. If they go through, back through every show again, we'll get an extra <laughs> listener for every show. What's our um, prediction for the crowd figures? That's a good question. Do you know what the limit is? Because there is some sort of a limit on the amount of people allowed. No. I'm not sure if it's a 50% limit. So I'm I'm expecting somewhere around the 500 mark for both games. Yeah, I would have thought that would be a good result. Yeah. yeah. And I'm happy that they're standalone games as well. I think if you... Played them both on the same day, like we originally thought they would on the Sunday. I think naturally the women's game being first feels like it's a a curtain raiser, and the men's game feels like it's the main event. So, so I, I'm happy that they're on separate nights over over the weekend, and the fact that it's on a long weekend allows us to do it. I guess where the men's can play on Sunday night and and still have the Monday to to sleep off the the hangovers from the night before. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, it would have been interesting to have them on the same day mm. as well, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, having their own own days is, is good. And 
I think we might have if there wasn't a restriction on the crowds. Yeah, yeah that's right. I think right. If, yeah. if if we still could have had the full capacity at Bender, then I think they might have still done the double header. But yeah. the fact that we had some sort of restriction, I think it's I think it's fifty percent. Don't quote me on it, but mm-hmm. I think that's the reason why they've decided to split them. Now, one more thing, I need to get your thoughts on Randy before we wrap up. I need you to make a prediction on our. Winner in the Bassescar Realty Player of the Year winner. If you're casting a vote, is it Stacey Barr or Ash Eisenberger? I would probably go for Ash Eisenberger, mm-hmm. um, just for the consistency. However, I think with Stacey's um, basically team only losing one game, you can't no. you can't knock that. So um, it's going to come down to obviously to the vote, yeah, and right. um, you know may the best best girl win, and you know whoever wins has got a fantastic well, prize. Well, that prize that we will present to them on Grand Final night, thanks to thanks to Bassett Scarf R- Realty Randy, is an incredible one. The Taste of Mandura Getaway Package. It includes a one-night stay for two at the Siebel in Mandurah. It includes a dinner for two at the Catch-22 Tappers and Cocktail Lounge, which you personally can, can vouch for is, yep. is of high quality. Yes. And then, of course, a Dolphin and Scenic Marine Cruise for two, which is just incredible to be included in this. And, of course, it's all thanks to Bassett Scarf Realty. And if for some reason Stacey or Ash don't want this prize... I'm more than happy to take it off their hands. <laughs> I would be too, yeah. And you can take your partner down there and have a beautiful weekend. Maybe you can can do that, uh, you know, later in the year anyway. Well, we have considered that. As soon as I, as soon as we got this award, thanks to Bazaar Realty, I I did get in touch with Laura and say, look, should we just claim this for ourselves and yep. and pretend we don't have a prize on the show? But uh, be well, be well deserved. <laughs> it would be, but unfortunately, we've we've got too much integrity here on SBL Shoot Around to do something like that, Randy. But we've got one more show to go, and of course we'll wrap, wrap up what happens in the finals, but we've also locked in a special chat with one, one of our all-time greats, Sammy Whitcomb, who's currently playing in the WNBA. Quite incredible way to finish off the show next week, Randy. Yeah, the excitement machine. Mm. <laughs> she brings people through the doors. She's un- unbelievable to watch. How many nightmares did she give you too, coaching against her? No, oh, she didn't give me many nightmares. I'm sure she gave Rachel Lane a few nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, of course, Michaela Dyer from Her Hoops AU will be joining us for that whole show as well. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Last show of SBI Shootaround, really looking forward to the semifinals this weekend. If you can, get along to either Joondalup or Warwick on Friday night and make sure you're there at Bendat Basketball Centre for the grand final on Saturday night. And for this week, I'm Chris Pike and I'll wrap it up and leave you with whatever Randy Meagle has in store specially for you for this week. Yeah, I'll come up with a, a story, whether it's funny or not, <laughs> you can you can be the judge of that, I suppose. But uh, um, we used to fly to Albany to play the Rainbow Coast Raiders back in the early 90s, and uh, that was through Goldfields Air Services. So we used to leave um, sort of Saturday morning, and it was a sort of two-hour flight down mm-hmm. to Albany. We always used to rent a motel where we could just relax before the game, have something to eat, watch a bit of telly, get changed, have somewhere to leave our stuff, and then we'll go back after the game and yep. and uh, grab our stuff and fly out. Albany's always cold and yes, this was particularly cold this weekend <laughs> we went down. It was yeah. I think it was around two or three degrees. So we went back windy, to Windy, I'm sure. Windy, foggy, yeah. everything you can think of, rainy, <laughs> shocking, <laughs> terrible. And back to the motel and everyone just started grabbing all the rugs and quilts and anything they could out of the two rooms and head out to the airport. So once we got out to the airport to jump back onto the plane to fly back to Kalgoorlie, they said we can't leave 
because it's just too much fog. You guys are going to have to stay here in the airport. Oh, yeah. So there was no one there, you know, when you're sort of five or ten k's out of mm-hmm. out of town. So and you've checked out of the hotel. And we've checked yeah. out of the hotel. Um, so we're sort of laying around on the floor and chairs and stuff <laughs> like that, trying to keep warm because it was just so cold. Mm-hmm. A couple of the boys got a little bit bored and decided <laughs> that they might might want to break into the canteen and get oh, something to okay. eat. So this canteen was sort of surrounded by a cage, like a steel yep. cage. So one of the boys decided to jump on top of it, try and get can, his. Can we name, name names? No, 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 no. <laughs> try and uh, get his Wayne hand. <laughs> he would have his hand would have been hard to fit through the <laughs> or his arm. Speaking of creaky, Randy, he might have had an eventful day before that too, did he? Oh well, you know when we get into the the hotel, some guys goes up go uptown to have their pre meal or whatever it may be. But Wayne decided to bring some two minute noodles along, and. Um, he actually burnt his legs really badly. The two-minute noodles and the water, um, he spilt on his legs and basically <laughs> scalded his uh, legs and, um, you know, had some serious burns was there. Was this before or after the game? This was before the game. Did he, was he able to play? I can't recall. I don't think so. <laughs> wow. I don't think we needed him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, one of the boys put a stick down through the, you know, the – is still great and try to knock off a couple of chocolate chocolate bars or chips but okay. uh, just that that happened the security oh, wow. come in and uh, we decided to distract him obviously so he didn't see the two boys on yep. top of this cage and um, anyway everything was good he was happy with that and the way he went he checked everything out and we got away with it mm-hmm. anyway cut a long story short we got back to Kalgoorlie and got home in our beds and got a phone call and email on oh. Monday morning yeah. um, from the club to say we have a meeting on Monday <laughs> night so we all rocked up at the club to see what was going on and we thought we'd been caught here yeah. trying to steal chocolate bars and chips you know <laughs> or these particular guys yeah. we're going to dob them in anyway yeah. you know we had nothing to do with it <laughs> but what it was is um the SPL had charged us for bringing the game in disrepute and fined us a thousand dollars for stealing all the rugs and quiltons <laughs> and <laughs> blankets at the hotel <laughs> true story oh. well there we go that's Randy Meagle and this has been SBL shoot around <laughs>